Let the poison out. It's been a long year, hasn't it? Constant fear from sickness, restrictions in travel and meeting together, to say nothing of the usual concerns for finances, faith, and friendships. Many of us have said it's time for 2021 to be over and a new year to begin. We have hopes that 2022 will be better, and we may even say what can be worse than the year we've had. If that's you, you're undoubtedly sharing the thoughts of many around the world, especially now that South Africa has been deemed the epicenter of another new viral outbreak. You probably think, will this ever end? And with that sorrow and frustration comes the possibility of a new contagion, hopelessness, anger, despair. If this year's frustrations are built on years of disappointment, there may even be a strain of bitterness that has worked its way into your system. And that's why today's message is, let the poison out. How can I say that, you might ask, especially as we're trying to prepare for Christmas and revitalize the joy that this festive season should bring. But that's precisely why I'm going there. I, too, have faced numerous disappointments throughout the year, frustrations that have seeped into my soul and, like smoke inhalation or the coronavirus, if allowed to fester, can make it difficult to breathe in the freshness of the Holy Spirit. I think perhaps that Zechariah may have had that problem. And who better than John the Baptist's father to lead us into the Christmas season? Zechariah is identified as a Jewish priest and a member of the priestly order of Abaha, one of the 24 divisions of temple service organized by King David. His wife Elizabeth was similarly from the priestly line of Aaron. Moreover, both were pronounced righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments. But there was one flaw. They were childless, and due to their advanced ages, it was impossible for them to now be gifted with a child of their own. In the Jewish culture, and especially as a priest, this was viewed as a sign of divine disfavor, suggesting that there was a secret sin that prevented God from blessing them with children. Childlessness was grounds for divorce, and Zechariah could have set Elizabeth aside for a younger wife, but instead... He chose to stay with her, and together they would bear the brunt of this condemnation. And you can imagine how painful this could be when a fellow priest would boast of his seven sons, all who'd grown up to be influential and powerful in their positions in the community. The shame of their childlessness would be even harder to bear. Yet, miraculously, this didn't prevent Zachariah from being chosen to burn incense in the Holy of Holies. Although his order was assigned specific duties, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience to be selected to burn incense before the Lord. And believing that the lot is a decision made by the Lord, not by man, made the choice even more exceptional. According to God's instructions to Moses, the altar of incense was placed just outside the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant in front of the Ark's cover, the place of atonement that covers the tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. It's the very place that God says he will meet with them. Incense in scripture is often associated with prayer, as David states, accept my prayer as incense offered to you and my upraised hand as an evening offering. In fact, while Zechariah was offering incense, a great crowd stood outside praying. 
It was here at this moment that God sent the angel Gabriel to speak to Zechariah. It was clearly an encounter that Zechariah wasn't expecting, for he was overcome with fear. And although scripture records other angelic encounters, Gabriel is only identified by Daniel as his heavenly visitor. Daniel, too, was overcome with fear, but Gabriel's message wasn't the answer to Daniel's terrifying vision, but rather comforting words. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will have a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. What a powerful declaration. God had heard their cry for a child, and the child he would give them would bring great joy to their hearts, and others would rejoice at their miracle. Even more, their long-awaited son would have God's favor and blessing, be selected to stand apart from all others. Moreover, he would have the spirit and a power of Elijah and prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Gabriel was telling Zechariah that his son would be the messenger foretold by Malachi, who would prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. It was a momentous occasion, even more important for Zechariah, as one of his son's roles would be to purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. A fact that we see actualized when John begins his ministry, calling people to repentance and denouncing the Pharisees and Sadducees for their hypocrisy. How would you feel if you were Zechariah? You'd been selected for this special task. Despite your taint of childlessness, you were faithfully fulfilling your role in the temple. You were standing in the Holy of Holies next to the Ark of the Covenant by the mercy seat, the very place God spoke to his people. And then an angel stands before you with an incredible message of redemption and hope. You would not only have a child, but he would be the forerunner of the Messiah. You'd be overwhelmed with joy, right? Not Zechariah. How can I be sure this will happen, he asks. And then he recounts the problem. I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Basically, he's saying, I don't trust you. I've been asking for years to have a son, and now it's too late. What you say is impossible. Zachariah had been holding on to this hurt for a long time. The disappointment, the frustration, the pain of being overlooked and underappreciated by God, by his fellow priests, by his community, even the honor of burning incense in the sanctuary didn't remove that agony. And it all bubbled out with the angel's pronouncements, all his hurt and unbelief. But Zechariah needed to let the poison out in order for God to heal him. His pain didn't prevent God from blessing him. It certainly didn't prevent God from selecting him for this spectacular miracle. But God wanted Zechariah's heart to behold the fullness of God, his lips to utter genuine praise to God, his acts to be sincere forms of worship. And so God silenced him for the miracle to unfold. He allowed Zechariah nine months to reflect on the goodness and grace of God. Nine months to watch his barren wife, Elizabeth, to blossom with child. 
And then he could declare through the naming of his son that God is gracious. Just as Zachariah's name means the Lord remembers and Elizabeth's name means God fulfills his oaths. So his promised son would tell the world that God performs acts of wonder and mercy for his people. Zechariah moved from the voice of doubt to the voice of praise, declaring for all to hear, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. And even though Mary had yet to birth Jesus, Zechariah announced the fulfillment of God's word as though it was accomplished, saying, he has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. He announced that his infant son would achieve all the angel Gabriel had foretold, become a prophet of the Most High and preparing the way of the Lord, telling people how to find salvation through forgiveness for their sins, and that the Messiah would be the morning light from heaven, bringing light to those in darkness and guiding us all to the path of peace. So how about you? As this year draws to a close, will you allow the Lord to shine his favor upon you? But most importantly, will you let him show you areas of your life where doubt and unbelief have crept in, where there are areas of pain and disappointment that have held you back from believing all that God has for you, all that wants. God wants to do for you, that he can let the poison out and his grace in. That's for us, beloved. That's our message today through the life of Zechariah, through this instant in Luke chapter one. We can be free to praise the Lord with a whole and pure heart. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.